This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Total Saints Podcast. We're the dedicated weekly podcast going to the heart of all things Saints FC. In this week's episode, we'll be reviewing the Friday night game against Bournemouth, which finished with a rather frustrating 3-1 away win. And we'll also be previewing the small matter of the true South Coast derby, El Clasicos, them versus us, whatever you want to call it, on Tuesday. That preview will include an opposition view as we catch up with lifelong Pompey fan Kev to have a mature chat about the hopes and expectations from the blue end of the M27. To help me with all of that tonight... Adam is here. Evening, Adam. Evening. Lucy is here. Evening, Lucy. Evening. And uh, Steve is travelling, actually, so although he's uh, back in time for the Pompey game, he's not around for the pod tonight. So in his absence, I wanted to find another never-sits-on-the-fence Saints opinionated to fill the gap. Thankfully, it didn't take that long, so evening, Glenn. Yeah, that'll be me. Hi. Yes, the four of us will be chatting all things red and white, and it starts right now. So sponsored by happyhottubs.co.uk, this is Total Saints Podcast, episode 85. Me? I could never own a hot tub. Stop it. That's the kind of negative thinking that's preventing you from sitting in a hot tub right now. Talk to Happy Hot Tubs today, where owning a hot tub is as easy as one, two, three. One, choose your hot tub. Two, choose your accessories. And three, choose the way you pay with 0% finance available on selected models. I could own a hot tub. That's the spirit. You deserve happy with Happy Hot Tubs. Happyhottubs.co.uk Saints' latest Premier League game saw Bournemouth arrive at St Mary's under the lights on a Friday night with the game eventually ending in a disappointing 3-1 defeat. Adam, a game of two halves probably for Saints, a, a decent second half but a truly ugly first. Ultimately, probably more questions than answers. Yeah, I mean it was just, it was a terrible first half wasn't it? Um, really, I guess, um, it, it just, it all rang true on, on terms of what we've been talking about on the pod for a while, thinking mm. of you know, Lucy obviously mentioned, I think it was last week about about Ralph being a, a good in-game tactician. But, you know, there's some questions over the team that he starts with. Yep. Um, I've obviously raised multiple times this season the fact that I don't think they're playing all that well and that Ralph doesn't know his best team. And it seems to me that there's there's a lot of changes going on in a search for that team. Yeah. And uh, and that it, it you know Saints have got results and so it's hard to criticise, but in my view they've been pretty fortunate to have got what they've got. Mm. Um, they've started a lot of games looking disjointed and not like they're totally sure what they're meant to be doing, especially at the back where there's been a lot of changes. And thus far they've largely got away with it. Yeah. Um, and against Bournemouth, the same thing happened. And this time they had an opponent who took advantage and mm. capitalised. And though the second half, the changes uh, half time made things much better. 
and Saints were much better. Um, it, the game was gone. It was too far gone. We, you know, we, we even though they had chances at Sheffield United with the Gineppo at left wing back, it could have happened there. Yep. United, Man United could have been gone by half time. Um, even Brighton, um, Brighton looked like the better team until the moment of madness that the guy was sent off and they had to play an hour with 10 men. So this mm. has been on the cards. It's just that Bournemouth uh, took advantage. But uh, I I would like to believe that, um, I'm sure we'll dissect it further, but but now we've seen this kind of come to a crescendo, as I think it did on, on Friday night, that the this will be the end of the experiments with yeah. the back four, the back five, Back four, back five, back four, back three, back four, back three, as, as it was every two minutes on Friday night. Mm. And that actually we will see some stability there and just a selection of the best four players for those positions. Because I think some of the people who have been playing, frankly, are not the best players for those positions. And I think when you analyse it, you need to get Bertrand back in. Yeah. If Cedric's going to play, he plays on the right side. Danzo, mm, jury out on him mm-hmm. still. Lot to prove. Um, Yoshida, most experienced, should he be playing? I think there's a lot of questions to be answered here, and I think that um, the the Ralph's team selections, particularly in defence, as we've said before, have been questionable. Yeah. But he's got away with it, so it's difficult to question him too hard on it. But this time he didn't, and and now you know people are sort of up in arms about it. But it's kind of been on the cards. Yeah. Lucy, obviously we're not going to get too despondent or over the top after one bad performance and there there were some under par performances from the players in the first half but do you think the buck has to stop with Ralph in terms of his lineup and the, the tactics and as Adam says and there's been a lot of chat about this square pegs and round holes. Yeah I mean it's difficult. I, I know um, Adam said that the jury was out on Danso and I agree to a, a certain extent but it feels like Danso has never really had a, had a fair crack at it having played at left back and then right back mm. and then stuck in the middle again and and not really had any kind of consistency about where he's playing um i think the decision to play a right back at left back and a center back at right back kind of killed us in terms of both defending in wide areas and attacking in wide areas we looked very very narrow Mm. um and it felt like as adam said we'd kind of pushed our luck at sheffield united experimented and kind of got away with it um and i assumed or kind of hoped um that kind of would be the signal to Ralph that maybe he, he needed to resort back to Bertrand and kind of accept that we would kind of got lucky at Sheffield United. They hadn't finished their chances and um, that we'd kind of presented them through those experiments uh, and, and that would be the end of it. Mm. I think the fact that he was pushed into bringing Bertrand on at half time, um, if there is an issue between them or, you know, a personal issue or, you know, he's not happy with Bertrand for whatever reason, I think all this has done is shown Bertrand how much we need him and, mm. and how basically he should walk into the team. So yeah. <laughs> in a way, it may have made the situation worse in a sense, because all you've said to a player is, yeah, it turns out we have absolutely no viable alternative to you. So yeah. we will be playing you whatever happens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, otherwise you're punishing the whole team and it doesn't really seem worth it. Um yeah. And, yeah, I, th- I think just what Bournemouth are just a much better team at finishing than, than the teams we've come against kind of at our level before. So, mm. you know, Brighton, when they got Andoni's head off and um, McGoldrick really kind of let us off the hook at Sheffield United. So, yep. in a way, this this was all building and, and kind of this wasn't that unexpected in a way. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're right. And, look, look, Glenn, I mean, we're recording 48 hours on. Um, I think, as the guys have said, you know, totally would, would agree with them in terms of uh, the finishing. I mean, I think, ultimately, shots-wise, I think we had 25 and they had six. But, you know, again, it wasn't in terms of the number of shots. It was more the quality. But I was going to bring this question up later on, but just in light of Lucy uh, mentioning Bertrand there, do you think now that this has it has come to a crescendo, you know, Hazen, Hootel, Bertrand, I think, you know, between them, they both need to just set their egos aside. The manager clearly needs that player in the team. The player, you know, needs to come in and deliver what he can. I know you're a big fan of Bertrand as we've said before so you know it seems just the, the most sensible thing now that he plays left back and Cedric who I think's done pretty well the last couple of weeks at right back you know that's your two fullbacks it depends how stubborn Ralph's going to be doesn't mm. it yeah. um, and that's if, where the ego clashes really isn't it yeah um, well it's up to Ralph at the end of the day it's not up to Bertrand um, it, it's up to Ralph whether he picks him or not the, mm. the problem I have with it apart from the obvious disjointed nature of the team when Bertrand doesn't play is that 
it throws other players under the bus. Yeah. It, it's thrown Danzo under the bus. I mean, he was brought in as a centre-back and he's been playing left-back, right-back, all over the place. Mm. Not look particularly good, any of those. Try not to blame him too much because it's not his position. I don't think he's ever played there in his life before. Exactly, yeah. So he's getting thrown under the bus. Um, Cedric, to a lesser extent, is having to play left-back. So he's going under the bus as well. Mm. And the other one who's going under is Vestergaard mm. because when he doesn't have a proper left-back in that position... I mean, against Sheffield, when Gineppo got caught forward, the ball gets played into a wide area behind him. You know, Vestergaard's like an oil tanker, isn't he, trying yeah. to get over there. And it's, it's just horrible. So, you know, this, this one, if it is an ego issue, um, and I hope it's not, I was kind of hoping he was carrying a knock or something. Mm. If, it, if it is an ego issue, then it, it is causing all sorts of problems with all sorts of, all sorts of people, and it's to the detriment of the team. So, mm. as Lucy said, I, I just... It just needs needs to be sorted out. And whether you like Bertrand as a player or not, he is clearly, to anyone, the best option we've got in that position. Yeah. Um, and, I, I, you know, the, the more this goes on, um, the, the worse it's going to get. Yeah. And let Adam, I know you've spoken about it quite a lot the last few pods and even at the end of last season. I mean, do you think Ralph is overthinking things here and just, you know, whether it is egos, whether it is a clash of personalities, whatever, but just in terms of, you know, the amount of tactical changes that goes on. Again, I know we spoke about it briefly last week, but they had one at Sheffield United, so it is a different circumstance. But do you think he's just trying to be a bit too clever with all of this? For me, yes, I, I do think that. Um, I, I do think he's overthinking things a little bit. Uh, I think there was a little bit of hype around around the build-up to the Bournemouth game as well, because last year's match, or last season's match rather, at St Mary's had been a very fascinating tactical battle where he and Eddie Howe had been chopping and changing formations you know, on such a regular basis. I mean, you probably saw more formation changes from the two of them in that game than some managers get through in a whole season um i mean it was like every two minutes it was changing and uh ralph clearly enjoyed that and it was you know i even brought that up with him to talk about it in the pre-match press conference i wonder whether there was a little bit of getting a bit sidetracked and trying to be a little bit too cute and Mm. and this sort of thought that he he gave after the sheffield united game where he sort of explained why he'd played gineppo left wing back and then followed that by basically then saying that was the justification for picking both Cedric and Ward Prowse. Mm. Because if Gineppo didn't work, then he had, you know, he could drop Cedric at left wing back. He could drop Ward Prowse at right wing back. Um, So he was actually picking some players potentially because he might want to change it. And there's a lot to be said for flexibility, but you know, we saw the difference at half time, had a left back at left back, two center halves at center half and a right back at right back. And you don't feel like that's rocket science for that mm. for that to work. I mean, the thing I would say is Ralph, I think, has got has got this wrong. Mm. Um, and we I guess we'll learn a lot about him now. And the thing people forget a bit about Ralph is that um, even though he's a Premier League manager and he's, he's done well in the early days for Saints, he's still a fairly inexperienced manager, really, at mm. the very highest level. He's he's cutting his teeth at you know at this kind of level in a way with Saints. Yes, he's been in the Bundesliga for a couple of years. Yes, he's obviously had some European experience, but but it's not extensive experience. So he is still he's still learning and finding things out. He's also, I guess, finding out the way ahead without Danny Roll as well. Mm. And I think that that is still a factor in in potentially some of these uh, decisions, or it, it could be. I don't know that it is, but it could be. And uh, I, th- I think for him, we need to give, if people believe in him, we need to give him um, a little bit of time and a bit of patience. And in the same way as, as you know, and I, I said on the pod, at the end of last season, I didn't buy into this hysteria about how amazing Ralph is. And this is the greatest manager you know, Saints have had for decades and whatever, because he hadn't proved it. Yeah. And likewise now, I feel like it's not fair to, to just absolutely hammer him. Um when things are going slightly the other direction what was key now is that he gets it right from now on because he got it wrong and and now all you can do then is try and is try and put that right you you know you say he's learning which uh, you totally all agree i think we're all learning in every job we do every day but playing the right back at left back is not something that is particularly rocket science is it you know so again it's you know yes it's learning but there's a way to go about that well i mean it's difficult isn't it all i can say is that I, and I think I speak for probably most people that that is not a team I would have picked. Um, and uh, and it, 
I don't think it's a team many other people would have picked, and it didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, once once you've got to that stage, I mean, you've just got to hold your hands up. I think. I mean, I don't. I I just don't expect that we're going to see see this again, and yeah. I, I hope we're not going to see this again because I think that would be worrying signs if we see more of this type of experimentation. I think if we if it settles down a bit now. I think we'll just look back on it and go, okay, he was trying to be a bit too clever, but he learned his lesson and now things have settled down. So I think it's, for me, yes, I the mistakes were frustrating because like you said, it doesn't seem to be that difficult. But yeah. at the same time, you've got to allow him a little bit of breathing space and to run the team as, as he sees fit. And, and it's about what he does now, I think, for me. Yeah. In terms of the first half then, Lucy, um, look, I mean, notoriously, Saints have been quite fast starters the last few seasons. They come out, they sort of press and start attacking teams. But, I mean, that's another half this season now where they've still not scored a goal in the first half. So all competitions ahead of the Pompey game, there's been zero goals for Saints in the first half. So why do you think that's that sort of happened? Do you think it's down to maybe players coming out and being so unsure and so many tactical changes? Or do you just think it's been sort of one of those seasons so far where Saints just have taken a bit of a while to click into gearing games? Um, I, I think it comes back down to that thing we were saying about Hasenhutl perhaps not getting it right from the outset, but better at getting it right when he's kind of seen the game play out a bit. Yeah. Um, we're clearly not quite clicking correctly in the first half. That was obvious last week. It was obvious this week. And I think while we have the press working really high and really well, and I spoke to quite a few people who aren't Saints fans that were watching the game on Friday Mm. saying, you know, how impressed they were by the high press and how effective it is kind of in the first 10 minutes at kind of unsettling teams were playing. Um, That while that's working for whatever reason, we're not kind of then able to back that up with kind of getting our foot on the ball and kind of being able to dictate the game. We Mm. kind of are quite good at breaking up other people's play, but not really kind of, kind of becoming a dominant attacking team and I I do think that's predominantly because we haven't quite got it right at the beginning and and then have kind of grown into the game both I think in terms of players understanding their role better but also because Ralph has this tendency to kind of make tactical changes which do ultimately improve what we're doing um and and that's why we tend to look better in the second half I think um and also I think it's quite an energetic team and, and we have kind of players from the bench as we saw with Gineppo against Brighton who you know have got a lot they can bring in in that sense and I think that tends to do well later on in the game but um, I think generally it's been because things aren't quite right at the beginning of the game. Yeah just finally sort of Lucy on the the VAR side of things I know you and I were sort of watching from home I think Mm -hmm. probably both of us felt maybe Bournemouth should have probably had a penalty but we spoke about after the Sheffield United game and I know you and I were sort of joking about it but again it does feel like uh, Saints are getting very lucky with this VAR because obviously Saints penalty was given they had the offside goal and then I yeah as I say I thought it was a penalty on Josh King but we didn't uh, have it against us so yeah mid-September and I think we've already had about probably near on 10 decisions go for us I think. Yeah, and I think some of those you'd say, well, you know, those are why VAR was brought offside, in. It's offside, yeah. Exactly, yeah. But I do think there are certain elements that we are getting lucky on. Um, I think it's entirely possible that someone could have seen the Ward-Prowse um, incident last week differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think possibly if that had been given as a penalty in the game, it wouldn't have been overturned. I, f- I think that the issue here is that referees are not getting their decisions overturned if there's any kind of doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um and that's been kind of one of the big criticisms, I think, of VAR so far this season is that with, there isn't enough kind of intervention from the people behind the scenes. Um, and, yeah, I think it was definitely a penalty on Josh King mm-hmm. from Cedric. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's good. But I also think later on in the season when things turn against us, because these luck elements of luck, even though they were meant to be eliminated VAR, still seem to exist. Um, I think these will start to turn against us at other periods in the season and we probably have to bear this in mind um, later on yeah just finally on the Bournemouth game then Glenn last question um, ultimately the the second half was a lot better as I mentioned earlier on we had 65% possession overall 25 shots Ralph sort of said about the fact that we did keep trying and keep going obviously there was a calamitous end to it in uh, true Saints style but the second half <laughs> did sort of give us some hope that you know they were starting to sort of get a feel for playing in the right way again and on another night you know with some of those chances uh, you never quite felt that the equaliser was coming but on another night we could have come out of that possibly with a tour and then you would have felt more like you'd won the game than lost it probably yeah, I, I enjoyed the second half mainly because of Buffal's performance. Mm. Um, I thought I thought he was excellent. It's 
you know, you come away and you, and you say, okay, he hasn't set up a goal or he hasn't scored a goal. But the amount of work that guy got through, mm. that's where you can see Ralph's work yep. in a player who has improved massively. Um, there was a brilliant yeah. bit mid second half where I think he chased right back to sort of the edge of the area and won the ball back and put Saints on yeah. the attack again. So you're right. Yeah. So you know he he was a massive plus. On another day, yeah, we we could have easily got two two. Um, War Prowse annoys me because of the you know that you, you watch them before the game and you know they do it in training because you see the training videos. Mm. It's basically shooting from the edge of the box. Mm. But put him in a match situation and um, how many was it? Three flew yeah, over it must the bar have been. Yep, yep. from from relatively close. Um, the, uh, Ramsdale made a few saves none of them were particularly sort of breathtaking they were all sort of like fairly close to him but he, he played very well on another we could have got 2-2 and you know that would have been that would have been uh, getting out of jail a little bit but again maybe that would have papered over the cracks a little bit mm. um, uh, you know going back to what Adam said you you can't paper over the, the cracks really if um, if you've had a 3-1 defeat and, and, the, and there are obvious problems um, if we'd done what we did at Sheffield United and, you know, sneaked a result at the end, then, you know, it uh, it might have looked different. But, you know, I've no problem with the fact that we lost. Um, and it wasn't really the formation that was the, the reason that we lost. I mean, mm. we we gave away three of the worst goals you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. Back into that pattern, aren't we? We just let so many oh, soft goals in. We've spoken about yeah. it on the pod before. I mean, you all know, three it, of them. Yeah. Yeah. Any, you know, free header from a corner. Um, pass, pass, pass. We don't get anywhere near them. Guys are free shot, totally yep. unmarked. And then Angus Gunn. What on earth was that? Um, <laughs> you know, and yeah. if you give away goals like that in any game, yep. you're, you're not going to win. It's as simple as that. But uh, I'm hoping something good will come out of it, as, mm. as Adam said, and uh, things will start to settle down starting with Tuesday. Next up for Saints after seven years since the last meeting is the Carabao Cup third round fixture against our arch rivals Portsmouth. Earlier this week I caught up with one of their fans Kev, or at Hey Gino as you may know him on Twitter. Kev is one of a handful of Pompey fans who has built a personable social media relationship with quite a few Saints fans almost as long as Twitter has been around. It was my pleasure to get his view ahead of the game. Here's what he had to say. Kev, thanks very much for joining Total Saints Podcast to help us preview the uh, Pompey versus Saints game. I guess as a Pompey fan, Kev, it was just um, keen to get your initial thoughts on what you felt about the draw when it was made. Hi, Ben. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, Ben, I've got to be honest, I wasn't pleased. (laughs) It was like foreboding, really. Um, We're not playing well at the moment, Mm. which you'll be glad to hear. (laughs) Um, Kenny Jackett doesn't seem to know his best team at the moment, which is what we're struggling with. Uh, defensively, we're not looking too good. You know, we got rid of our two best players in the summer yeah. uh, with Clark and Lowe going, and we're definitely missing them, especially at the back. Mm. And um, someone like Redmond could <laughs> could have a good night against us. Yeah. I just think with the sort of movement and the pace you guys seem to have up front, I, I, don't, I can't you got your new guy. I don't, would you think he'll be playing the forwards? Gineppo, yeah, he's out for the Bournemouth game. Obviously, uh, we're recording this just before that, but I, I don't know whether he's keeping him fresh for uh, Pompey yeah, or I, not, uh, Kev. Yeah, I, yeah. I've only seen sort of match of the day type mm. clips. And, you know, and that's the sort of player we're not really up against in League One, so I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not feeling confident, <laughs> put it that way. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's a derby, so I know mm. there's all, you, you can always sort of say anything can happen. You know, it's happened in the past. We've gone into derbies before, yeah. probably as the underdog, and we've done okay. But um, this time, at the moment, yeah, the last couple of games down here have been dreadful. You know, yeah. the Coventry, that was against nine men, and we they come back from three-one down. Yeah, and um, Burton were in; they were playing with ten men for a whole half, mm. and we didn't equalise till the ninety-fifth minute. So um, we're not <laughs> we're not playing well. So. I think we're jackets a few seasons in now. The crowd are now like, really, this is the season he's got to get us up. Mm. You know, it's like you, you get the guys shouting and it wouldn't take much for it to suddenly turn, I think. So yeah. that's, that's that's my worry, that if you guys put a half-decent team out, 
we could get turned over, I think. Yeah, I think from a Saints point of view, I think we're fairly confident that Hazen Hutal, our manager, understands the importance of it. Um, you know, I think, as I'm sure Jacket will as well, so I think he will put out a strong side. Yeah, I mean, that's what you always... You know, I know when we've had foreign managers before, you think, has he got his head around the fact that it is a derby? Although he may not be... And I know with the Premier League, obviously staying in the league is the main thing. Sure. But, and, you know, the League Cup's not that important. But, you know, to me, teams the size of Saints, you know, when Pompey were in the Premier League... A cup is the best you're ever going to get. You yep. know, you're not, you're not going to win the league. I know mm. Leicester did it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to win the league. So to me, the manager should be trying to put an half-decent team out because, you know, it's what, six or seven games and you, you're getting a trophy. So I'd expect you to be putting a decent team out and having a proper crack at it. Yeah. Look, I, I know both of our fan bases have got a small minority of sort of what I would call morons, but I think generally there's still that respect. But you know, I think between sort of Portsmouth and Saints in terms of you know the journeys that we've been on the last few years, because obviously you were up, we were down. Now we're sort of up, you're down, and, and we've been through those journeys. So do you, do you think there is that sort of a bit of a mutual respect between the two sets of fans in understanding what each other club has gone through? There certainly is amongst my friends, mm. uh, Ben, because like you say, we've sort of. <laughs> And it's almost like a karma thing, isn't it? Because obviously when we were in the Prem, you had your troubles. So yeah. there's obviously a lot of banter and, and nonsense going on then. And then almost like sod's law, and then it goes and happens to us. So it's <laughs> almost like payback. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the thing I've always said to people is, you know, people who were born in Southampton, you know, I, I want them to be supporting Southampton. I yeah. don't want them to be supporting Man United and Liverpool. Mm. And same with Pompey people. So we're just supporting the team where we live. So exactly. I don't, I can never get my head round that the real, and I've got to say, Ben, I, mm. I think we've got more of a problem than you. That's always been my experience. You know, I've been going up there, I'm, I'm in my 50s. Yeah. You know, I've been going to, to Derby games for a long time, and I just think we've got more of a problem than you. Um, <laughs> Your guys always seem a bit more chilled out. It was funny, I, just a quick story. Sure. I used to have Saints as a customer. I used to work for Canon. Right, yeah, yeah. And we used to do the photocopiers right. at St. Mary's. And unbelievably, I had an appointment at St. Mary's on the Monday morning after we won the cup. Mm-hmm. And the old guy on the door there, I was, you know, I, he knew I was a Pompey fan. I was, so I was always giving him banter and we were going in and out. So that morning, obviously, I was full of beans. <laughs> About, it must have been four years later, I was there for an exhibition when obviously everything had gone completely the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. He recognised me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he made sure and, he you let know, you know. You've got much to say today, have you? <laughs> no, you're right. But, yeah. um, but it'll change again, won't it? I mean, that's football, you know. There'll come a time when you're on top again and probably we're struggling. I think that's, that's no, no, the got, up and downs of football. We've got half-decent owners now, and yeah. I, they're not... They're not looking to spend massive money and, and like, buy our way out of the division. Mm. You know, I've been at Pompey when we've won the FA Cup, but I've also been there in the old fourth division when we were, like, two hours away from going out of business. So, and, you know, with clubs similar size, I'm not going to get into the who's bigger thing, but (laughs) clubs of our, you know, our general sizes, it is ups and downs nowadays, isn't it? You know, because any club can get taken over. I mean, Peterborough are spending massive amount of money, apparently, mm. in League One, and you think, well, where, you know, that must just be an owner who's just pumping a load yeah. of money in because yeah. they don't get the crowds or anything to, to warrant... Yeah, you know, they've got players on 20 grand a week, apparently, which, for League One, is crazy. We all know you've got four trophies and we've got one, Kev, because all, all the uh, Pompey lot keep going on about it. But, uh, but well, I mean... no, but that, that's the sad <laughs> thing, isn't it? It's just... I, I suppose when you're down where we've been, yeah. people are living in the past, don't they? You've got to just try and be realistic. I'm just hoping Tuesday goes off without too much um, nonsense. I think we all do. I think we all do. No, absolutely. And look, I mean, on, on paper, I think there's no doubt that quality is within that Saints squad at the moment. But you mentioned the crowd there, and obviously that's one of the big things that I think all of us, you know, even diehard Saints fans, appreciate the the Fratton Park crowd and how they get behind the team. So bearing in mind. You know, some of the Saints players won't have been in that sort of atmosphere. And I know that you're saying it's a little bit edgy and if things start going wrong, they might start to get on Pompey's backs and stuff. But, I mean, you know, Saints players will need to be up for that atmosphere, won't they? Oh, no, cause honestly, the last time I went to, probably when we had you in the Premier League, yeah. the atmosphere there, I've never been in a game like it. There was, mm. It was 
like you say, I think you've got to have a bit of metal about you because yeah. the hatred. Yeah. Where Fratton Park, it, you know, it's a bit old, similar to the Dow, where, you know, when guys are taking throw-ins, you've got the crowd literally <laughs> in your face. Yeah shouting abuse at you, I think you've got to have something about you, haven't you? you know, you've, got, whatever you've got to have a calm head, got, haven't you? Definitely. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, certainly, first half an hour, it's going to be pretty manic, mm. and, you know, I think the tackles will be flying in. Yeah. And, um, like you say, some of your foreign guys may not have experienced, you know, it is, I don't know, we go on about being noisy, but it, when Fratton Park is properly going, mm. it is, yeah. it is noisy, and it is in your face, and, you know, I've seen big players there before just thinking, God, oh, almost like you, you can see they just don't fancy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I imagine your manager's going to, you know, we know the characters in your squad that are up for it. Because, yeah, it, if we can keep it tight and a few tackles start flying in, then the crowd really get behind us. Mm. Then um, that's where it becomes a leveller, isn't it, Ben? Exactly. Because, you exactly. know... You guys are better players than us. That's, that's not even worth arguing that. You've got better players, but if some of them don't fancy it, yeah. that's where that's where bigger teams get... You know, look at your Man City at the weekend, probably thinking that we'll just turn up at Norwich and roll them over. Yeah. But they didn't, so... Um, and I have to say, Kev, I mean, that was my initial thoughts when the draw was made. It was like, oh, OK, it's good from a sort of nostalgia and a chance for Saints to play Pompey, but actually, going down to Fratton Park, it's not the ideal tie that I would have uh, sort of chosen necessarily, but... Look, no, I mean... I, mean, I, yeah. I said something on Twitter once, actually, and some people were taking the mic, but I don't think they understood it. My dream would be for us to beat you in a Champions League final. That'd be good. And that, <laughs> well, it'd be good to get to a Champions League final. But what that would mean would be yeah. that both Pompey and Saints mm. were two really top-level teams. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't saying it just to beat you because it was a big game. Yeah. If we were both in the Champions League final, that would mean that both of us... Because I'd, I'd just rather be playing you in the Premier League every season. And, you know, obviously I'd say I'd want to be getting six points of you, but... that. That would be my dream. I don't want you to be going down to the League Two and us in the Premier again. I mm. want to be playing you yep. in the Premier League every season. Well, that that would be good because we got Bournemouth trying to make a rivalry with us, which we don't well, really I, want. But uh, yeah, yeah. you've probably seen some of the stuff on Twitter. Like, yeah, you know, I don't want to talk disparagingly about Bournemouth, but mm. yeah, they do. <laughs> they do seem to be trying to. But the, the trouble is that's that's down to Pompey to get ourselves back up there because. All the while, you've got Bournemouth and Brighton yep. in the Premier League, and they are the closest to you in the Premier League, then mm. they probably are going to start trying to claim it's a derby. Yep. But, um, yeah, so that's up to us to get ourselves sorted out. Look, I mean, Saints fans, Pompey fans, I think, absolutely understand the uh, the rivalry between the two clubs. Um, why do you think that, sort of, maybe outside of Hampshire, Kev, it doesn't sort of get as much respect as it deserves from some quarters? You know, in terms of, sort of, general coverage and, sort of, appreciating the rivalry that does exist? Sadly, we're not playing each other as much as we need to. Mm. It drops out. I mean, what? I must have haven't checked when the last time was. Then was well, I think it, it was seven years. Yeah, I think it was seven years ago when yeah, uh, Mr. Know, Norris scored years, right at the it, end. It, again, like I've just been saying, if we were in the league together every every season, I think it would be up there and people would be seeing that it, yeah. there's something going on there. Because you know, seven years, so much football going on now. I think mm. it just slips out of people's minds. In terms of Pompey then, I mean, you know, with all due respect, I think we know some of the players. Certainly I can name a couple of them, so that's probably a good start. But, <laughs> you know, if, if Ralph Hasenhutl, I know you won't want to give too much away, Kevin, to be fair. This will be coming out the, this, this will be coming out the day before the game, so it won't give him much prep. Oh, okay. But which are the sort of two or three Pompey players that Saints should maybe be keeping their eye on? Who's your sort of uh, key players at the moment? I really like Curtis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he plays up front, properly up front for Ireland. Jacket seems to be playing him almost like left wing back or just inside on the left. But he's one of those players, which is a, a typical one at Pompey, that almost like a, a witting. He always puts a shift in. Mm-hmm. And he is dangerous. You know, if he gets it in the box, he, he can put the ball away. So we particularly like him. And I've just got a feeling that Pittman, because mm. Pittman's been dropped, where we signed that guy Marquis. I just think, because Pittman came on to take the penalty against Burton, you know, that's mm-hmm. 95th minute, and Pittman stepped up and put it in. Yeah. I think Pittman's got a bit of a point to prove, so I think if he if he either starts or gets on, none of you Saints guys will probably have seen him, Ben. He looks like he's a bit overweight, and, you know, yeah. you guys, prob- you'd probably be laughing at him, but he is one of those, 
He's got experience, um, hasn't he? I mean, I, I do remember watching him actually at Bournemouth. He gets it, yeah. gets it in the sort of twelve-yard zone. He will score. Mm, mm. He's a proper finisher, a bit like um, that Billy Sharp guy that you yeah. had, and I know he's back at Sheffield now. But you know, so I got a feeling if we are going to do anything, mm. that Pittman could have something to do with it because I think he's trying to prove a point to Jacket at the moment. Just finally, before we get your prediction, Kev, um, obviously there is a lot of pressure on Kenny Jacket at the moment. How much do you think this game's going to mean to him as a manager in terms of the pressure he's under at the moment? No, I think he knows if we were to beat you, that gives him a bit of breathing space. Mm, mm, mm. Um, sadly, we could probably go on and lose another few league games, but the fans would be happier because we've beaten you lot. But yeah. I don't think it'd be sacked if we lose to you because the Eisners have kept on saying they want stability and because he has done well in League One you know he got Millwall out and Wolves out mm. so he's got a good track record it's just at the moment I don't know if you saw on Twitter against Coventry they were nine men we're three one up and he brought an extra centre half on and it was just like <laughs> what you, you, know. you do wonder about managers sometimes don't you yeah he just makes some strange decisions sometimes and certainly you know, the last two games I've been to you're starting to get the sort of normal people starting to shout stuff again, you know, yeah. don't know what you're doing and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think he knows if we can beat you, then that gives him a bit of... that would probably give him till Christmas then. All right then, Kevin. Uh, it feels like a bit of a loaded question. I, I never like doing these. I was on the radio earlier talking about the game and I, I hesitantly went for Saints to win 2-0, but that normally backfires on me. So uh, a reluctant sort of uh, prediction from you then for the game. I think you... You guys are definitely going to score, Ben. So, mm. being a Pompey fan, I'll, I'll go two-one Pompey because I, I think Good you're style. definitely going to score. Yeah, <laughs> but you got to back your team, right? You got to back your team. <laughs> you know, um, like I said, I do think it's a good time to be playing this. So yeah. um, we'll see. But I just hope it's a really good game. It's on the telly. Yep. So hopefully, other people zoom it in and and enjoy it. And the main thing, it and I know it sounds a bit of a cliche, but I just don't people behave themselves. I think that's the most important thing for all of us, isn't it? That it's just a... I, I just I, don't want any of that nonsense, really. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Well, Kev, very much appreciate it. And uh, obviously, I can't wish Pompey the best for the uh, the rest of the season. You wouldn't expect me to. But uh, <laughs> I think uh, totally concur with you that we hope Tuesday night goes without uh, too many issues. Cheers, Ben. Thanks so much, mate. Bye-bye. Some interesting and understandable thoughts there. Thanks again to Kev for coming on this episode, and that was pre-recorded ahead of the Wiccan game, which, of course, Pompey lost. Adam, we've all been counting down to this game since the draw was out. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's go and let's do it. Let's, let's, have the, let's have the day. I think the thing is, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's just become so all-encompassing in the Saints' bubble uh, that I think it, it, you just are, like, desperate for it to come. I mean, even... Uh, the pre-Bournemouth, you know, build-up was just totally dominated by Portsmouth, basically, yeah. um, and the fact that that game was on the horizon. And you know, I think, I think it's in the mind of Ralph and in the mind of the players as well. Not that that's any excuse for for what happened against Bournemouth. I'm not making that excuse, but mm. I think I think it's just time now. It, there's been there's been enough build-up, and it's time just to just to get the game started, and and hopefully we'll have a a peaceful evening away from the pitch and then a really good derby match on it and I just think that's what everybody wants and if that happens it will be uh, a really great night yeah Look, I, I was going to ask you um, as local media which obviously you are and the likes of Solent are and the Pompey News are and that sort of thing of course there's a you know a responsibility as the media to um, build the game up and promote it and sell it in your you know in the Echo for example or Solent will obviously be doing the same but is there kind of a, a bit of a responsibility to almost not increase the tensions of potential trouble happening by sort of uh, encouraging stories that sort of build up the feud a bit as well do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel that, definitely. Um, and I think that responsible media should feel that. It doesn't mean that everybody feels that. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, in my view, what I said earlier goes, and that's what I hope to see no matter where the games are. It's, it's a game of football. Mm -hmm. And people might find that hard to believe, but it is just a game of football. And, it, you know... Saints might win, and that would be wonderful for Saints if they win that. They might lose. Well, we're all going to wake up the next day still. So, <laughs> you know, and, and the world will still be turning. So it's it's just a game of football, and it it doesn't, 
you know, the, some of the things that I've seen that have happened at, away from the pitch in these derby games, there just it's nothing to do with football, and yeah. that's um, but football gets tarnished, and that's that's really terrible. And I think that you have got a responsibility as well, but it's difficult to know sometimes where that responsibility begins and ends because as local media, you would. You, you want to cover it. It's a huge thing that's taking place. It's the thing that everybody's been talking about for weeks and it gets nearer and nearer and nearer. But then how do you, you could almost say, what if you talk it up so much? Are you not inflaming the situation? Mm. But nonetheless, you, you are going to always write or talk about what the public are interested in and they're interested in this game. Um, I think the, the way you draw the line is that you try to keep it about football and you try to keep it about the policing and the security issues because you also can't ignore those and you try just not to make it too over the top too reactionary and i'd also say i know certainly from the saints end Mm. they've been very very cautious um in a communication sense the last few weeks about what's been said what you know about what the players have said Mm. there's been some uh, not that the players have said anything deliberately inflammatory but when things have been said that could be misconstrued yep. there's been an agreement that those things will will not be published in that manner etc etc so i think that the, i know at the saints end uh, and we we've certainly worked with the club and tried to be as cooperative as we can on that and not and not build up an inflammatory side to it while also building up the excitement of the event and the and the fact that this is the best chance that Saints have had in a long time to sort of end the the long wait since 1984 for a win at Fratton Park. So it's just trying to find find that balance, I think. And it is difficult, but I think it's it's the right thing to do. And I, I think that we sh- we should all be doing that, uh, both us, the Portsmouth News, Radio Solar, and, you mm. know, and anybody else who's involved. Yeah, 35 years is a long time, isn't it? But Lucy, I mean, Adam admitted a couple of weeks ago, I'm sure he'll deny it, that it was absolutely 100% definitely must win for Saints. So I think we're all agreed, aren't we? Whether it's Denied. <laughs> whether it's Denied? Ugly, How are you getting out of this no, one? Don't start that again, don't start that oh, again. I just look. told you just a moment ago. <laughs> I explained it. Yes. Um, look, I mean, Lucy, whether it's ugly, beautiful, whether it takes penalties, whatever, just win the game, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Don't care how it's done, just get it done. Um, <laughs> I feel like there, there's quite a lot of expectation because mm. uh, they're not in the best form. I don't want to be, you know, antagonistic about this, but you know, let's face it, they are in they're in a terrible run. They are. Uh, I think there's quite a lot of pressure on Jacket in general. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of Jacket out, you know, general, yeah. you know, negativity. Um, and I think because you know, despite we've talked about these teething problems with with Hars and Hootle, you know, there is still generally quite a good feel good vibe around saints i think um despite this point so i think we're kind of coming at it at very different angles so i think the expectations are quite high you know i feel like neutrals might expect us to win by a larger margin but Mm. i at this point will take any kind of win however horrible it is Glenn, I was doing a, a little bit of radio at the end of last week just talking about the Bournemouth and Pompey games and you know I made a point of saying that talent-wise Saints are a million miles ahead but we all know that this game is going to be very much about a mentality thing as well you know Fran Park's going to be up for it the Pompey players are going to be going around looking to kick lumps out of our uh, our lot so do you think um, it's slightly worrying from that point of view maybe that you, we are going to need Saints players to really sort of stand up so you know we're going to need 11 Oriol Romeos essentially out there? Um, we are. It's not going to be a place for shrinking violets, that's mm. for sure. Um, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I don't think we've got many sort of players who I would be a little bit concerned about um, from the point of view of, um, you know, shying away from stuff. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I, I think in the main we'll be OK there. But uh, it's anyone who thinks we're going to go down there and win 4-0 or something is is completely deluded. I, mm. I mean, I think it's, it's going to be 1-0 or penalties, either, you know, either way. It's yeah. it's It's going to be tight. The fact that it's, a, you know, all the usual cliche stuff, the, the, the form book goes out the window. It, mm. And however well or badly Portsmouth are playing, I mean, Kenny Jackett seems to be on his last legs down there, yeah. basically. But if he wins this game, he won't be on his last legs. I mean, that's what Kev was saying, that he thought probably yeah. if he won this game, that would probably see him through until Christmas almost. Yeah, I mean, I hope he stays for a long time. Great job. But, you know, so it's a big one for him. And... Losing losing the game last week, it's made it a bigger one for Ralph mm. as well. Yeah, um, it's it's you know, regardless of what was said beforehand about it being just another game, and we've got a league game before that, um, it certainly can't be hidden away now. You know, yeah. you, that, 
they have we have to go out and get get result um from you know from the club's point of view but i mean from the fans point of view it'll be hideous if we <laughs> if we uh, if we get knocked out so you know and uh, it will just carry on for another few years until it's, we it's, exactly adam said we'd all wake up on tuesday on uh, sorry on wednesday i'm not sure i'd want to do that to be honest with you but uh, there we go i mean look, adam i think glenn's right you know there is a bit of pressure on jacket but let's be honest you know as a premier league club two divisions above there's even more pressure stacked on ralph and you know let's be honest there is a lot of pressure on him to win this game well, we'll find out whether he realises how important it is when we see what team he picks, won't mm, we? Mm. Uh, when that team sheet comes out at 6.45 on Tuesday night, we'll work it out. Oh. If yeah. if he's gone <laughs> we'll try with... And work it out. Well, well yeah. Shane Long and Jack Stevens are on the list, I'm going home. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't know, do we? We mm. just don't know. I mean, it's easy to say you know how important it is, but it's the the mindset of a lot of Premier League managers is not to take the cup as seriously and I don't think for one second Ralph will make wholesale changes mm. but it's just a case of whether he thinks he can get away with three or four yeah and if they come off then it's fine and if they don't then I you know if he makes that mistake I think he's in for a pretty rude awakening because mm. unless he does something outstanding he's probably wrecked his Saints legacy so um, unless he does something really amazing um, so uh, I yeah I mean he definitely needs to just go with his absolute strongest team. It's not this of all the nights. This is not a night for trying to be too clever or too fancy. Mm. Pick your team, pick your best team, put them out in a simple, easy to understand formation. And then it's up to them, really. Um, it's up to them to be motivated enough. It's up to them to be up to the challenge, both physical yeah. that they'll get and mental um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, for all the talk about Kenny Jacket and the fans being unhappy with him, I have a feeling that unless Pompey are three nil down at some stage mm. and it's going, they're getting hammered. There's not going to be a peep about Kenny Jacket because no. that is not going to be the focus. That is almost left to one side for this game for them. And yeah, they they are the underdogs. They have literally nothing to lose because there's no pressure on them whatsoever. And yep. if you were jacket you'd be saying that to them you'd be saying just go out get stuck in let's see how much they want it this is going to be a disgusting night for saints the Mm. facilities are not what some of the premier league players are going to be used to the the kind of the way fratton park is and the atmosphere is not what they're used to the vitriol they'll get as well but you'd be saying let's come on let's see how much they want it get stuck in give a few of them you know kick buffel up in the air in the first 10 minutes let's see how much he wants to play at fratton park um, and things like that and, and probably a hell of a lot more of the players as well and then you see how it goes and you think yeah but if Saints if Saints are up for it and they match Pompey and they're mentally strong enough to block out what's going on they'll win comfortably because yeah. they're, they're far far superior quality of footballer at Southampton Football Club than there is at Portsmouth they're in the Premier League compared to League One so of mm. course they will but you know the old cliches of of the great levelers yeah you've got to want it if saints don't want it if there's a even if there's two or three in that team mm. that just get there and look around and then they hear the atmosphere and they get the abuse when they come up for the warm-up then they start the game they hear the noise and some some league one player kicks them up in the air in the first two minutes and they're a bit like mm, i'm not sure i fancy this too much and they're at, they're at 80 90 percent get two or three of those and pompey got a chance yeah so uh, and, and heaven forbid if Pompey keep it nil-nil for a long time or, or even took the lead, the, the place will be shaking probably. So Saints have got to be up for it. And if they match them and they are, then they'll win. I like that we're all playing this down. We don't want to get too carried away. That's good. So, uh, look, Lucy, um, I mean, Ralph obviously played quite a strong team at Fulham in the last round. So in terms of you and being manager... What would you sort of go with in terms of your starting eleven? Just, I mean, not necessarily Ooh. positional-wise, but who would you pick? Oh, crikey. Yeah, That's quite me out. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, without going for the whole 11 yep. bit by bit, I think McCarthy, is he available, McCarthy? I believe so. Yep. So would you McCarthy, change goalkeeper? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably give McCarthy a go. I feel like he's perhaps a bit more dominant in what I expect for quite a physical game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd have Yoshida in for kind of experience because I don't think this game's going to be about quality that much mm. um and if it is that's not a problem that that's yeah. good for us but i don't think it will be um so i think i think i'd reinstate him probably i'd probably look at i don't want to say this and it, it could go down really badly but i might not start nathan redmond um 
just because uh, I don't want him to get battered and then mm-hmm. be, be unavailable for a long time. Um, but I, I would be tempted to start with quite a bit of pace and and those players that are kind of interested in the press. I don't think I'd change too much, to be honest, just mm. because I feel like we're quite early in the season. Yeah. Um, and there isn't any real need to kind of rotate on the on the grounds of kind of fatigue or anything like that. So, yeah. you know, I, I'd be tempted to kind of keep things more or less as they are with with kind of a few tweaks. Um, yeah. And I think I think the important thing is that, as you said, we kind of start in start in a kind of positive way and we, we're up for it. And we all that kind of stuff I was talking about earlier with being kind of positive with the press. Um, I think that's kind of important to kind of unsettle unsettle teams and and especially in kind of a derby situation um becomes all the more important. So I think yeah I think it's about being positive but mm. perhaps not doing so much with kind of changing the the starting lineup. Yeah. If you're not playing Redmond would you play Bfell? <laughs> On the well, I, game I like that? you're getting at the point that he might not be up for a physical um I don't know. I mean he's he's played in you know French games yeah. where French atmospheres are intense, aren't they? What what I mean is, you know, if you're not playing Redmond, would you see him you know someone that will bring a bit of skill and a bit of pace to Saints and do that job that you need? Yeah, I, I would start him. I think he's I think he's been really good. And I know Adam still has doubts about him, but I was <laughs> also really encouraged by the Bournemouth game. I thought he actually in the second half was really good. Agreed, yes. So actually, yeah, I think I would start him. And I think a lot of people will say that that's mad because he does have this reputation for being a little bit soft in the tackle and a little mm. bit kind of. But I think he's getting a lot better quite mm. quickly. And kind of surprisingly to me, his off the ball work is improving and yeah. it's still not great. And it's probably not where Ralph wanted it to be. But he's definitely showing that he's kind of up for doing that kind of stuff if it means he gets a place in the team. Yep, yeah, I agree. And I think it's also the sort of game that he'd see himself being a bit of a hero and, uh, you know, scoring the winner or whatever. But look, I mean, just finally then, Glenn, before I ask Adam to sort of summarise the game as a whole, um, if you're in the change room, Saints beforehand, motivational chat in front of the team, Glenn, what would you be saying to them? No swear words. Oh, what can you say? You've got to mention the fact the crowd are going to be up for it. Mm -hmm. You have to try and silence the crowd. You have to get on the front foot straight away, put them under pressure, try and get an early goal. That's it. I mean, going back to the the previous, the previous bit, Mm -hmm. I think you do play Redmond and you do play Buffal because Mm -hmm. they are technically going to be so superior to any players that Portsmouth have got. Um, Yeah. I'm not being funny. They're, they're they're not going to see players like that. Um, They'll, they'll be used to playing against someone like Shea Adams, but they won't be used to playing against Buffal and Redmond and, you know, get the ball to those guys. Get them running at them. You know, you're going to get kicked. You're going to get free kicks. You, you just have to make players understand the importance to the football club and to the to the support there. And, you know, of of winning this game. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, there are a few players that we can sort of swap in and out. And the you know, like McCarthy for Gunn, Yoshida for Vestergaard, mm. Ings for Adams, perhaps. I can I can see them doing that, but uh, I hope they don't do. Uh, don't do too much more and they just have to you know follow Oriol Romeo's lead exactly. smash into everything exactly yeah I, I think for me Glenn as well I'd be saying much the same I think uh, it's a chance for one or all of these players to write their name into Saints folklore Absolutely. isn't it so I think you know, be, be strong and show desire and I think you know you want to be the one to make that tackle or to make that header or score that winning goal so you know ultimately it's a chance to become a hero so I think that's what I'd uh, be saying to them as, as well just just finally Lucy if you were given a motivational chat I'm sure you'd be a lot more uh, eloquent than Glenn and me <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I feel like I'm going to drop someone in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I was getting my emotional chat, yes. um, I think it would be to believe in the quality that you have and, and play in the right way, even when, you know, I expect that Pompey will make this difficult and they will make this gritty and they will try and break us up and kind of, you know, get into us because that's what you do when mm. you do perhaps don't have the quality of the other team. And I think it's about getting the ball down and kind of doing what you're good at and perhaps kind of, I'm expecting the atmosphere to be intense and, I, and kind of putting that at the back of your mind and concentrating on, on what they've been working at and, and what they're good at um, and then kind of trying to, kind of get over the physicality and kind of intensity of the game on a kind of emotional level yeah no see it was more eloquent absolutely and uh, Adam final word to you then I think just uh, as we sort of said you know a chance for this team to become Saints heroes so don't let the club don't let the fans down yeah I think you've done the motivational chat there and if I was Ralph I'd probably stand aside and let and let play the pod just play the pod yeah yeah (laughs) play the pod yeah why not yeah all listens welcome um 
and let Kelvin and Prousey take the team talk because yeah. they're the ones who know what this means. They're the ones who understand. With all due respect to Ralph, I, I get that he's getting a bit of it by osmosis, but Ralph doesn't have the first clue what this game means compared to compared to what we do. Mm. And um, you know, he's been here two minutes, so he he, he doesn't know. He doesn't understand. Yeah, you know, hopefully he's got the gist, yeah. but he, he's not really going to fully understand until he's been in that atmosphere. I don't think, and 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 felt the whatever the aftermath is, whether it's absolute glory or you know the what will the backlash that will come if if they they Pompey win. Um, Prousey and Kelvin do understand it. So so if I was him, I would I would let them try and explain it because most of the players won't understand it either but but they do and yeah this this is the chance to be a hero i know my colleague simon spoke to steve moran scorer of the Mm. winning goal the last time they won in 1984 and steve moran himself kind of said this is 35 years ago and as soon as since the draw's been out my phone's just been red hot (laughs) you know it's time for somebody else really i think to be the hero um, I don't think any of them will be driving a lorry like Steve Moran has been doing since he stopped playing football <laughs> in 35 years time somehow. But uh, nonetheless, it's it's time for that to happen. And we've all long since bemoaned and rightly so that it is truly pathetic that a club like Southampton have not won a significant trophy since 1976. Mm. It is an appalling failure. Mm. Um, and it's also pretty pretty bad though more understandable given how lack the lack of times they play Portsmouth but they also haven't won at Fratton Park so here is the best chance in in generations really to actually put this right um league one club versus a premier league club this this is the game go out and do it make yourself make yourself heroes make it be the ones that are being talked about in 35 years time Indeed, quite right, quite right. All right, well, I feel nervous doing this and absolutely tempting fate. It doesn't count towards our uh, Premier League prediction league, of course, but uh, let's have some uh, cup predictions. So Steve sent me his, obviously, uh, from the uh, sunny climes of uh, Florida. He's been as confident as ever, Adam. He's going for a 3-0 win. Um, what about you? Well, I'm confident as well, and I am, but I'm going to go 3-1. 3-1, Saints. all right, perfect. All right, Lucy, what do you reckon? Are we allowing duplication this season? Yes, we are, yes. It's, oh, yes. It's a non-prediction league entry. Okay. I'll be going for um, Adam's 3-1. Perfect. Oh, right. good taste. You're good at this as well, Lucy, I've noticed. <laughs> so that's massively boosting my confidence. Yeah. And, Glenn, you, you sort of seem to inkle towards penalties earlier. So you going like 17-16 on penalties or something? No, I'm going 1-0 Saints. Um, oh, 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 that's a tense night, Glenn. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. That'll be drama. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Of I really hope you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> a repeat of 1984, because yeah. I was at that game. But hopefully not that late. Terrace. Yeah, stood yeah. on the Pompey Terrace, believe oh, it or not. And I bumped into Steve Moran in a pub in Warsash about four years afterwards and said, you nearly got me killed, mate. And he just, he just, he just smiled. Looking back now, it was a it was a fantastic day, and I I just see that game was just incredibly tense. Yeah. Um. To be honest, they should have scored, um, and we did in the last minute. And yeah, I can see it being a bit like that. To be honest. Yeah, I have to say, and I know it's easy to say this after the game, but I literally felt zero emotion watching the Bournemouth game on Friday and even after the game I was more frustrated at Saints effort than I was at sort of frustrated that we'd lost the derby in inverted commas where I'm already starting to shake about this game on Tuesday but uh, you know everyone that's listening is going to be really worried now because I'm obviously going to predict Saints to win 2-1 so that's uh, absolutely the kiss of fate so I apologise in advance for that but uh, there we go it's sure to be a massive game I think as Adam said you know hopefully uh, there is no trouble I think agree with Kev as well hopefully it uh, represents the South Coast for all the right reasons so uh, come on Saints Thanks for listening to TSP this week. Very much appreciated. A big thank you again to Kev the Pompey fan for joining us as well. And Glenn, thanks to you for uh, beautifully deputising for Steve. We'll be back again to uh, discuss the Pompey game, have a chat about Spurs as well and everything else in and around that, including Chelsea heading to St Mary's in a couple of weeks. Until then, safe travels to everyone going down to Fratton Park. Enjoy the game and enjoy the atmosphere. I hope the next time we meet, you're listening to us talking about a famous Saints win. Don't let us down, lads. Until then, keep marching in.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.